donkey is obviously the most famous animal in the Torah. It's um, well known as a talking animal, though it's not the only talking animal. Um, and I'll say first where the title comes from, then I'll say a little bit more about Balaam's donkey and the donkey themes. So there's a little passage in the Mishnah, which one could simplify as a part of the Talmud. Um, there's a little passage in the Mishnah that talks about all of the miraculous things that God created at twilight on the sixth day of creation, just in the instant before the first Shabbat. Mm -hmm. This is in the Mishnah uh, Pirkei Avot, usually translated as Ethics of the Father, but Fathers, but better translated as Foundational Ethical Principles. And so you've got these thinkers 2,000 years ago saying, well, you know, Genesis 1 gives a really clear account of all the things that were created in this very orderly, balanced world. But that's only the first chapter of a book filled with miracles and weird things, you know, like a, a staff that sprouts into an almond tree overnight, right? We, we can't plant our walking sticks and have them sprout into a tree. A donkey... Uh, that talks. And so they come to the conclusion that all of these things were created just in between the order and the rest, mm -hmm. such that, and this is my interpretation, such that all of these things are kind of outside the order that we expect, but they're also things that the creator placed into the world, mm -hmm. right, to be part of it. And one of those 10 things is the mouth of the donkey, specifically the talking donkey. And that's, you know, Balaam's donkey who sees the angel on the path when Balaam, who's supposed to be a great seer, is so anguished about whether or not he should accept the mission to curse that he's just not seeing as he normally does. And I love this story. I also um, have several friends who have lived with donkeys and um, appreciate donkeys very much as companions and guides. So I began to look at all of the stories involving donkeys across the Hebrew Bible. And there are clear, clear themes, not Every donkey plays this role, but many. When you have a character who doesn't really know where they're going and they aren't sure what they're going to do when they get there, they saddle up their donkey and they ride and they arrive and they figure out how to solve the problem. Hmm. So it's, it's an ongoing theme that the donkey is a kind of spiritual guide or 
inner GPS. And there's one great story that's like the exception that proves the rule. And this is the story of King Saul, who is, of course, a failed king because um, he's not ruthless enough, basically. (laughs) And when the prophet Samuel is first looking for him, he meets Saul and Saul says, oh yeah, I'm on an errand to find my father's donkeys. Well, Saul never finds the donkeys. They do come back to his father, but it's as if using this motif, the storyteller says, Saul just never found his inner guide and could not do the work he was called to do. Right. Not that anybody wants to be called to be ruthless, but <laughs> I mean, some do, but not him. <laughs> right. Right. He never found his, his inner GPS. How interesting. Donkey as guide. That's really great. Yeah, I don't get to hang out with donkeys much, but when I do, it's a great time. Just something about those big old heads, and I don't know, they're very, very lovable. That's interesting. They take us to where we need to go, and you find out your purpose when you get there, and that's the donkey. Well, so then it seems like something's, you know, one of the overall themes with animals is that they're not really separate from humans, but in a way they're part of us. Like, there are guides, they talk to us, and so there's it's kind of a sense of that the human is a multi-species event, right? That we have all these dependencies on other species and like we wouldn't be us without them. Um, do you think, you know, you mentioned like person earlier, like talking about dogs as persons. Would the Bible support that kind of language? Like, could we say that animals have souls or where's where's the soul talk or personhood? It seems like a lot of agency is given to animals for sure. Can we say animals have souls? Like, do animals go to heaven kind of thing? Or the old, uh, all dogs go to heaven? <laughs> so I wonder about, uh, about soul talk. I wonder personhood. I think in Jewish tradition, um, our religious language doesn't lend itself well to this line of questioning. Right? We've got lots of different words for soul. Um, One of them is nishama, or in colloquial um, Yinglish, half Yiddish, half English, nishama. And that is the word for breath, right? And refers in the Torah to God blowing breath into the clay and it becomes a living being. And that's specifically described as Adam. But it's implied that God also does that for other animals because the other animals are also made of animated earth in Genesis 2. So in that sense, we are all living beings in the same way. And except for Elijah, there is no particular take on souls living on after death. I mean, there's a sense of a realm of ancestors, right? When people are very elderly, they are gathered to their ancestors, but it's not in the language of soul. And as our tradition has developed, 
we do have concepts that are analogous to a Christian concept of heaven. We talk, for example, about Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, which is this mythical place where, right, depending on who you ask, your soul merges with the world soul, or you're constantly being fed food by other generous people, or for the intellectuals among us, you're just studying Torah all day long. And I think animals would certainly be merging into the world's soul, but they probably would not be at the table doing the eternal Bible study. <laughs> right. That's good. Although that's, a, that's an adorable image to think of them at the table studying the Bible. I, I wouldn't mind seeing some artistic renderings of that. Um, I mean, I'm happy to give my personal opinion on the answer. That was sort of more of a... Your tradition answer. Yeah, I want to hear your opinion as well, for sure. Well, if soul refers to a spark of divinity, um, a reflection of the divine image, then absolutely all creatures have a soul. If a soul refers to a kind of self-awareness that will vary species by species, depending on what our physicality is and our modes of taking in information are, then absolutely every creature has that. Some have it in ways that are very alien to us, ways that we can't measure or see, but how would they, this is my perspective, how would they even live their life cycle if they weren't sentient enough to find what they need. Mm 